Welcome to our series on the book of Hebrews. In this study, lead pastor Tim Brooks and associate pastor Paul Kern will be sharing life-impacting truths. The Gospels reveal what Jesus did on earth. But now that Jesus has resurrected from the dead and entered into heaven, what does he do? What role does he play? And how does that affect our lives today? These questions and more will be explored in this informative and revealing 10-part series. Now, join Associate Pastor Paul Kern. Well, I want to welcome you to our Lesson 8 in our series on Hebrews. If you want to turn to Chapter 11, that is where we're going to be. Welcome everyone that's joined us by podcast and all of you that are here with us tonight. Tonight, we're going to begin by looking at faith. Faith, what an important concept for all of us to understand and to get a hold of. So in chapters 1 through 6, Pastor Tim and I talked about how Jesus is a superior person. Chapter 7 through 10, we talked about how Jesus is a superior priest. And now in these final chapters, chapter 11 through 13, we're going to talk about how Jesus provides a superior faith for us all. The readers of this letter were really having a hard time because the the influence of Judaism was so powerful on their culture. And you have to remember, you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of living their life by the letter of the law and and being um, found right in God's sight by following all of the laws, all of the rituals, all of the dietary commands, all of the feast. And so we find the readers here digressing back into what was Judaism at that time and just trying to be made right with God by doing everything they could to follow the law. But chapter 11 begins to show us there is a superior way to live life. You can't live life as a Christian following the law. Christianity is not Judaism. It's very different, and he's going to continue to open this up for us. So there's two topics that we're going to be looking at tonight, or kind of two sections that we're going to develop here. And uh, The first topic is in chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. We're going to get a description of faith. So he's going to develop, okay, here's what faith is. And then all of the following verses in the second section is going to be about demonstrations of faith. So we actually get a practical example of what faith actually looks like in action. So let's just start with this first section, a description of what faith is. So let's read this together, starting in verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now, those three verses are a mouthful. I mean, there's a lot right there that can open up to us and look at. So the first thing that we have to understand, church, is that true biblical faith is not blind optimism. That's not what it is. You know, I heard somebody say one time that faith is 
a lot of people kind of see faith as believing in something that you, that you don't really think is true. Well, I know the Bible says it, and I know I'm supposed to have faith for it, but I don't really know if I really believe that or not. No, that's what we're going to look at tonight. True Bible faith is confidence in what God says in his word and holding on to it. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at in this study. So look at verse 1 here. Let's just read this again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. If you're in the King James Version, it says now faith. Now faith. And, and you know, you could look at that in a couple of different ways, but, but one way that you could definitely look at it is, is faith is now. I mean, faith is present. You have to have faith in the situation that you're in. You know, I need faith. I don't know about you. I don't need faith last week. I need faith today. This morning when I get up, I needed to have faith. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I need faith. So faith is now. Right off the bat, we see that faith is present. It's now. It is at this moment, it's our confidence. At this moment, it's our evidence. At this moment, it is the substance on which we stand. So it's very important, I think, that we see that. Now, if we take a close look at this, one of the most important subjects that we can talk about in the Bible is faith. Because, you know, God says that without faith, it's impossible for us to please him. So it's very important for us as believers that we develop a healthy concept of faith and that you and I daily walk and live by faith, because it's one of the most important things. Faith is, is being described as an act, not just some, you know, metaphysical theory that's being taught in a classroom or something that we hear preached on Sunday morning, but, but faith is an act. Faith is active. It's actually a possession of reality in our life. And I love that verse 3 where it says, you know, everything that we see was created out of things that are invisible. So we, we can fir first off understand that, that faith draws off of invisible things. The substance of faith is created from invisible things. Now I've heard people say, well, you know, Paul, I just can't believe in something I can't see. Well, you believe in love, but I've never seen three pounds of love. I mean, you believe in justice, but I've never seen three ounces of justice. <clears throat> the air that we breathe, you, you can't see. Now, you know that it's there because the leaves and the trees move back and forth. So, you know, when people say, I can't believe in something that I can't see, well, we all do that every single day of our life. We all operate in this realm of faith. So faith is actually a possession of reality. It's not a fairy tale. It's not made up. It's not just some cool-sounding thing that's in the Bible. It's a reality in all of our lives. Now, a, gr a great way of looking at this would be, um, you know, if, if Pastor Tim here wanted to show someone that we owned this property here where Christian Ministries Church is established, if he wanted to prove to someone that he owned the property without actually being on the property, the way that he would do that is show them the title deed. See, that piece of paper would show them that we own the property that this ministry is on. We don't have to take a shovel load of dirt to him and say, see, 
We don't, have to, we don't actually have to have it. We have the title deed, and we can say, no, here it is. We can go to the courthouse, and we can verify it. I have property. I don't have to take you to the property to prove to you that I own the property. All I have to do is show you the title deed to the property. Here's our title deed right here. See, this is, this is what we stand on is God's Word. Two words summarize faith, substance and evidence. Your translation could even say confidence and assurance. But those words sum up faith, substance. Now, let's just look at the definition of a substance, assurance, the real or essential part of a thing, a solid quality, a guarantee, that's substance. See, faith is the substance of what we stand on. That's how we live our life, evidence. Another word for it is conviction or confidence. You know, we have, we have evidence, the inward conviction that God is going to do what God says. It's a sign. It, it, it's something that we can point to. And so the Bible is saying here, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we can't see, things that haven't come about yet, things that are off in the future, things that we're believing God for. Like, for example, all of us are believing for Jesus' second return. Amen? I think about it all the time. I get excited about it. I've been reading Romans chapter 8 and it's been talking about my inheritance that I'm going to have in Christ and the glory of God is going to be my inheritance. And I get all excited when I read about that in, in Romans chapter 8. But I, but I believe that and I stand on that by what? Faith. That's how I do that. That's how we all live. Now, when you have a deed of property, you can buy property from someone and you've never even seen the property. You've never even been on the property. You may have not even been in the state where the property is located. You've never actually laid eyes on it. But if you have the deed, you have the confidence of knowing that that property is there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example of this, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but, but I own property in Hot Springs Village. I have the deed. I've never been there one time to look at it. I don't even know where it is. Might have a gold mine on it. I don't know. I might better go out there and look, but, but I know that it's mine because I have the deed, and I pay taxes on it every single year because <laughs> I want that money. <clears throat> now, d- just a, a side note for you. The best, one of the best ways to grow in faith is to live your life with faithful people, with people of faith. You got to, listen, Romans 10, 17, and you can write this down because this is a, a great verse for us. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the words of Christ. So the way that you get faith is you hear people talking faith. See, tonight, I'm going to be sharing some demonstrations of faith, and you're going to have faith transferred into your spirit. Because faith is transferable. That's the way faith works. I can actually send faith to you, and faith comes by what? Hearing. So when you get around people of faith, and they're speaking faith to you, how many of y'all have ever had your faith built up because you were around people who were speaking faith to you, and you were in a 
faithless situation. You were in a difficult spot, and they just begin to speak faith into your life, and it's like, man, I can run through a wall now. I can scale this city. I mean, I can do it now because they spoke faith into my life. And, and church, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with people who are just pessimists. I'm not going to hang around that. I'm not going to be around people who are going to be talking about the glass half empty instead of just filling it up. Because that's that kind of person, you know, there's the glass half empty and the glass half full. I'm going to fill it up, you know, pour some stuff off in there and fill that vessel. So it's very important who we hang around. So the second part of chapter 11, it just goes into all kinds of demonstrations of faith. So when we start here with verse 4, it says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now this is a, a great example of faith, because God had revealed to Adam the way that you were to bring an acceptable sacrifice unto him, and you know that he taught his children how to do that. And so here we have Abel bringing this sacrifice to God, which he knew had to be through the substitute, and it had to be by blood. They took an animal that substitute that. We've covered this in this series. It's been really, really good. So he knew what he was supposed to bring, and, that, and by faith, that's what he brought. Cain had a better idea. He did it his way. The Bible said God rejected his offering, but he accepted Abel's offering. Abel showed the way to righteousness. It was through the substitutionary sacrifice, and it was through blood. Now, Abel didn't question that. He just was obedient to what God said, and he did it. You know what? Sometimes that's what you have to do to have faith. You do, God, I don't have all the answers. I don't really necessarily understand why you're wanting me to do this. But I sense this in my spirit. This is what I know I'm supposed to do. And by faith, I'm going to do it. You know, we've had some young people come to our Christian Ministries Academy by faith. They've left their homes and come here by faith because God called them to come here by faith. You know, that's a big step for a young person. To leave your mother and your father, and, and man, I'll tell you, I'm just so proud of so many of our young people that have come here, but to leave your home and to leave your mother and father and to step out in faith and come do what you felt God called you to do. But, but church, we can always look at and see God always rewards faith. God rewards faith. Verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now Enoch walked with God, and the world was wicked. I mean, it was a wicked world at that time when Enoch was walking with God, and Enoch was a righteous man. And Enoch is a real type and shadow for us as we look at his life. It's kind of a type and shadow of the church of Jesus Christ. Because Enoch, by faith, walked with God, and he was taken up. He didn't die. And we all know 
that at some point in time, Jesus is going to come again and we're going to be taken up and we're going to meet him in the air. And so we see a real type and shadow there as Enoch walked by faith with God. We as God's people, we walk by faith with God. And then verse 6, a powerful verse. And it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. You know, you think about all the things, you know, you can come to church and you can go through the motion and you can give your tithe and you can raise your hands and you can do all of those things. But the Bible says that you're going to have to live your life by faith if you're going to live a pleasing life before the Lord. Because it doesn't really matter what a person does. It is your faith that pleases God, not your doing that pleases God. Because God's always looking at our heart attitude, and that is the thing that is important to God. It is our heart attitude and our faith in Him. Now, here's the great thing about having faith in God. It's the second part of that verse 6. Anyone who wants to come to him, number one, must believe that he exists, and watch this, and he rewards those who sincerely, or your translation may even say diligently, seek him. The person that comes to God must do two things. Number one, he must believe that God's real. You got to believe that God exists. And I tell our Leaders Academy interns this all the time, and I'm going to tell UTC guys that are here tonight and everyone here that is listening. You're not living the Christian life for nothing. See, God's smart. God's a genius. God knows, and you know, and I, I appreciate people when they say, you know, Paul, God didn't have to do anything for me. I'm just serving God out of obedience. I appreciate that, but God knows human nature. He created us, and God knows that what motivates people is reward. It motivates us. You know, I have an Apple Watch here, and I have my watch set up so that it counts my steps and my activity all during the day. And I do my workouts, and, you know, you set your workout, and it counts all your movements and your heart rate and the calories that you burn and all that kind of stuff. And, and if you work really, really hard, at the end of the day, the watch will pop up this really cool circle that looks like it's got sparks and stuff coming off of it. And it circles around, and it's really cool. And I'm always, because it's like you get rewarded at the end of the day with a cool sparkle show. <laughs> and so I always work real hard, so I, I want my sparkle show. Well, I got really surprised here a while back because I, I did so much activity that day I got a medal. My phone popped, my watch popped up a, a medal. It was a 3D medal. I was like, whoa. I got rewarded. And you know, all it was was just a silly little display on my screen, but there was just something about human nature. It's like, we want to be rewarded. Church, I want you to know, TC guys, listen to me. You're in this program right now, and you may be going through some hard things. You may be dying to some things. You may be having to submit. You may be away from family. But I want you to understand something, man. You're not doing what you're doing for nothing. God is watching, and God is keeping a record of the life that you're living. 
And the Bible says that God is going to reward those who diligently seek him. Well, I'm going to tell you, church, that makes me want to hang on because I want my reward. And quitters don't get their reward. It's those that cross the finish line. They get the cheer. They get the reward. They get the medal. So we've got to make sure that we hold on. See, without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. We can't do it without faith. Faith is so vital to our walk with Christ. Here it talks about how we have to believe. We have to trust. We have to know that God is watching. We have to know that God is overseeing. And we have to know that the Bible says God's keeping a record of all of our good deeds, everything that we're doing. And when we enter into heaven, God's going to reward us for the life that we have been living. The rewards come to those who persevere. You know, I love reading Luke chapter 11. It says, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And, and if we will persevere in doing that, the Bible says God responds to that kind of faith. Look at verse 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family, family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, understand this. Nobody had ever seen a rainstorm. I mean, the earth wasn't designed like that at that time. Water came up from the ground, but pre-flood, the atmosphere was different. The, the continents were different. The earth was completely different. It didn't rain. That's not how the earth was watered at that time. Noah had never even seen rain. But God told him, Noah, I'm about to send water out of the heavens. I'm going to flood this entire planet. And by faith, Noah, for over 100 years, worked on building an ark. Over 100 years. I mean, I'm like, God, forgive me. I get impatient after about 100 minutes or 100 seconds. I want it now. <clears throat> Look at the evidence and the conviction. Look at the assurance that Noah walked in without seeing, without seeing. Noah obeyed without even knowing how it was going to happen. All he knew was what God had told him, and he obeyed, and he did it. God is a rewarder. God rewarded Noah. God saved his family. God said that Noah's whole family was righteous before him, and God condemned a wicked world all at the same time. God rewarded Noah for his confidence in him. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And he, even when he reached the land of God, God promised him he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Now, we talk about Abraham, and we talk about Sarah, and, you know, Abraham is the father of the Hebrew faith, and you know, he's just an awesome man because he believed God. He and Sarah both, I mean, what they were facing and what God asked them to do. 
God came to them at a very old age, and God said, I'm going to make you a father and a mother, which that in itself was unbelievable considering how old they were. I don't know about you, but I've never been in a maternity ward and seen a 70-something-year-old woman pregnant. It's just an unreal thing, right? But God comes to them and says, this is what I'm going to do. God promised Abraham a son, but Abraham had to wait 25 years for that promise to be fulfilled. What has God spoken to you? What has God spoken? What promises, what, what convictions has God put in your heart? What, what hope do you have? What are you standing on? Abraham waited 25 years, and, and Isaac was born. And Isaac became the father to Jacob and Esau. And Jacob and Esau, you know, started their lives. Jacob had 12 sons where the 12 tribes of Israel came from. That's where all 12 tribes of Israel came from. And then Joseph, he was the one that went down in Egypt, and he, he was the one that actually saved the family because of his faith. And then Moses was the one that delivered them out of Egypt because of his faith. Look, look what Abraham's faith provided. Now, as we're sitting here tonight, let, let's just think of our lives you know, here we are, we're here tonight, and, and you know, we're, we're wanting to live our life to honor God. And church, I just want to encourage you to get a vision for multiple generations down life's way. Because maybe tonight it is your faithfulness in living your life for God that four or five generations from now, that God will do great and incredible and awesome things through, all because of your faithfulness to what God has spoken to you. Isn't that powerful? That's, that's, a, that's powerful to me. You know, young people, I, you know, you young adults over here, I, I want to really encourage you because I think it's so easy just to think about your immediate future. But, but I want to try to help expand your concept of your future a little bit to a bigger future. And I know sometimes when, you, you know, when you're in eighth grade, ninth grade, and 10th grade, and maybe early college years, it's kind of hard to think about you know, being married and being a father and a mother and a husband and a wife and having children and, and then one day being a grandparent and all of that. But, but guys, honestly, that is in your future. And so I want to encourage you to live your life by faith because the way that you're living today and the decisions that you're making today and the faith that you have in what God says to you today is going to affect multiple generations down the line. See, that's why it's so important that we hold on by faith. Look at verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Faith is visionary. It's visionary. Faith sees into the future. It looks beyond the moment. See, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so that's what they did. Abraham's faith was decisive. Abraham's faith was obedient. 
Faith is not, listen, faith is not a Sunday morning sermon. That's not what faith is. Faith is not a Sunday morning church word. It is a way that we live our life every day. Faith is real. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is something that each one of us do every day as we're believing God for the things that God has for our lives and the things that God has for our future. That's how we live. Verse 11 and 12, Sarah, such a great example of believing God. You know, when something just completely looked impossible. But, but church, God is the God of impossibilities. The Bible says with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So we have to, by faith, live our life and trust in a God who is able to do the impossible. She believed. She was rewarded. She had a son. See, faith brings forth new life. When we have faith, it brings forth new life, new vision. We birth new dreams. We birth new things when we trust God and believe. You know, I actually believe that faith is what fertilizes the egg, the seed of God's promise. That's what causes it to come into life. The Bible says, unless a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die, it dies alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth fruit. And that is what faith does in our life every single day. See, she lived by faith. It wasn't a Sunday morning denomination to her. Faith was a real thing. It was the way that she lived her life. She trusted God. She trusted what the Lord said to her. Let's, let's move on. Verse 13, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. And if they had longed for a country that they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, they saw a better country. By faith, they saw a better world. By faith, they saw a better life. Their faith was a working faith. Every day, they walked in it. They lived in it. They contemplated it. They actually sought out this land that God promised them, they pursued it. And that's what God's calling us to do. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. It's an enduring faith. It's not a faith that prays one time and then gives up and quits. It's an enduring faith. You gotta, you gotta believe God against all odds. You gotta believe God against all odds. You gotta not look at the circumstances and the situation, but you gotta by faith that, that's the eye that you see with. You see in the realm of faith, not in the realm of the natural, but you see in the realm of faith. Verse 16, it says, they receive God's approval for their faith. Look, look at this. This is really a, an interesting verse. It says, verse 16, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. You know, I don't want God to be ashamed of me. I want to be a person who, who stands by faith. And, and church, you know, honestly, you know, we all 
face difficult circumstances and we all come up against things that seem impossible. And you know, when you, when you get knocked down a few times, you just sometimes don't want to get back up. We all have that tendency to not want to get back up. But that's why God gave us faith. God gave us faith as a gift so that it would empower us to endure, so that we could see God's promises fulfilled in our life. See, God's promises don't happen overnight. That's why he gave us faith. If they happened right when God said it, you wouldn't need faith. It's the fact that it doesn't happen in the moment. You know, a farmer doesn't walk out and plant a seed in the ground, and in the next morning he wakes up, there's a full-grown tomato plant with ripe tomatoes on it. There's times and seasons. There's storms. There's rains. There's sunshine. There's cloudy days. There's good days. There's bad days. And as that farmer watches over that plant, and by faith he cultivates that plant, because he knows that there's life in that seed, and he knows that ultimately what that's going to do. And see, we have to live our lives the same way as we trust in the Lord. Verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, even though, even though... I. Now, this is just amazing to me. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. And the way he did that is because he, he was going to sacrifice his son. In his mind, he was dead. That's what he was going to do because out of obedience he trusted God. He knew he, either God's going to provide another way or God can raise my son from the dead. All I know is God said the promise is going to come through him, and if I have to sacrifice him, then God's going to do another way. Boy, isn't that a kind of faith that we all want to have? Boy, I pray all the time, God, give me that kind of faith. I want to have that kind of faith, God. I, I, I want to have the kind of faith that is obedient, that doesn't question. It just trusts in what you say such a powerful faith abraham followed god regardless of the cost he was willing to do whatever god told him to do and because of that god used him to change the world abraham knew god would never break his promise and he decided that he was going to do whatever god told him to do and god followed through and god did what god said the key is Abraham's faith, you just have to do what God tells you to do and trust him. It's just, it just really comes down to that. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I can't see next month. I can't see next year. I, I don't even have all the information, but here's what I do know. God is faithful. I'm going to keep my eyes on him, and I know that God is going to see me through no matter what happens. Verse 22, we talk about Joseph. We're going down to verse 23. We see Moses. Verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeing pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. 
for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost that the angel of death would not kill them, that he would pass over their firstborn. It was by faith the people of Israel went on through the Red Sea. I mean, look at all these acts that people did by faith, all these great things that they did by faith. Now, now I want to go down to verse 32. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long. And I mean, if we went through and talked about all of these individual people and talked about their acts of faith, I mean, we could do a study on this for a whole year easily. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jabeth, David, Samuel, all the prophets, by, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms and ruled with justice and received what God has promised. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle, put whole armies to flight. Women received back their loved ones again from the dead. I mean, look at all these great victories, all these great acts of faith that these people did because they put their trust in the Lord. But I want you to notice verse 36. And I think this is important for us all. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others chained and imprisoned. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing sheepskins and Goat skins, destitute, oppressed, mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that we would not, so that they would not reach perfection without us I think it's important church for us to have a well-developed faith and you know I've heard a lot of people preach the fun faith the overcoming faith the the reward faith but I think it's very important that we see that faith does not always stop the situations that we don't like Faith does not always keep us from walking through loss and difficulty and distress and tribulation. I think real biblical faith is trusting God in the good times and in the hard times. It is believing God when there is no evidence. It is trusting God when things are going our way and it's trusting God when things don't seem to be going our way. It is trusting God through till the ultimate victory. And that victory will be when Jesus Christ returns again. Because church, this isn't our permanent home. This is temporary. Just like the writer said, we are looking to a heavenly home, a heavenly country a kingdom that God will establish, and God has given us the gift of faith so that we can live by faith now 
we can hold on until that ultimate victory in Christ Jesus comes. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Our prayer is that you will experience Jesus in greater ways. If you would like to learn more about how to give to the ministry of CMC, please go to cmchurch.com giving. Thank you for listening today and God bless you.